This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. Uh, I am your host, Senior JU Israel Educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined as always by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? I'm doing good, Mike. That's good. And today we are also joined by Israel educator and producer of this podcast, Matt Lippman. How are you, Matt? I am doing very well. Thank you, Michael. Oh, good. Well, I'm sure our listeners have already detected that Ben is on a well-deserved vacation. And so the audio quality is not uh, what it usually is. But uh, please bear with us as we don't have our top shelf engineer ben on you know helping us so let's get straight to our discussion of uh, an update on where things are in the israeli 2019 election story we have a few topics that we would like to discuss um and how about we start with the the shifting of party blocks first i think we should say happy primaries day today the likud is voting on their primaries. Oh, we should also say happy birthday to Matt as long as we're... Oh, right. Happy birthday to Matt, too. Right. Thank, Thank you. Matt. Thank you. Uh, so today is Liquid Primary Days. Uh, what does that mean to have a primary oh, in an Israeli party? I'm glad you asked. It means that, as we know, as we've spoken about before, we don't have individuals who run and and you don't vote for individuals in their spots. Rather, each party puts a party list together, um, and that's what you vote for. So how do they come up with the party list? Well, each party has their own way. Um, some of the bigger parties, or um, such as Likud, so they actually have primaries where there are 120,000 members there, you know, who belong to the Likud, and they get to to vote and which then decides the party list, who's the first on the list, the second, all the way up to 120, if they would um, get that many. And then according to how many votes they get, um, so if they get enough to equal 30, so the first 30 people on that list, um, they get in. Other parties don't have primaries, like, for instance, the uh, uh, Haredi party or um, the, the, the Rabbinic Council makes that list, or Yeshatid, which is Yavir Lapid's party, they don't have primaries. They, they have some internal way. I don't know exactly if he makes it, or, but uh, they don't have primaries. So everybody has to send in a list of 1 to 120 in their party. How they make that list is up to them. We could today is having their primary election so that there's a lot of infighting and competition within we could to get higher up on the list. Probably if your number is going to end up when you do the math of the primary results, if your number's under 30, you're not in the government. You don't get a seat in the Knesset. Well, yeah, but, but that can also change because, for instance, someone, you know, if uh, for some reason a Knesset member leaves in the middle, so then the next guy on the list who was ever 31 could get the call. So, like, in this last, uh, in this last uh, government, Likud had 30 seats. But in the end of the day, I think the 34th got into the Knesset because people left in the middle or all mm-hmm. kinds of different things happened. Yeah, if you're right on the edge, you're on a waiting list that's meaningful. But yeah. beyond that, it's not. And the big, real, the really big fights are in that middle zone for right. relevance. And, you know, the, it, it's hard to get through every single one, although there is one big fight 
between BB himself, who's pretty comfortably at the top. Nobody thinks he's going to lose his number one on the Likud ticket. But he has been he has been infighting. Can you explain about that infighting with Tsar? For years. Um, well, he's a, you know, Gidon Tsar, who's a very strong contender, who was not in the last, who sort of dropped out of the, well, not dropped out, but took a time off, we could say. Um, he's probably the biggest challenger to Bibi in the Likud. No? Wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah, I think Bibi thinks so, and that's exactly the point. He's trying to uh, cut him off of the knees, as it were. Well, Bibi's right. done a great job at making sure that there is no clear number two who could take his position. He's kept it clear, and Saar is the one who is potentially could do it. And so there have been all these rumors that he's trying to engineer a takeover and has done all sorts of corrupt things to uh, move up in the party, and those appear to be leaks from the Bibi camp. Yeah, because nobody else in that party is guilty of anything corruption or or fraud or anything like that. So, you know, I don't know. As far as I can tell, all Israeli politicians are anti-corruption. I've heard many of them speak about how terrible corruption is. Did they yesterday have a big uh, conference on it or something? something, Yeah, they did. They had a big conference and every speaker got up and talked about how terrible uh, corruption was. But they all defined corruption as what politically based on what's to their advantage. So nobody had a single definition agreed upon what corruption is. So I'm sure that's not going to be super duper effective. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where are we? Well, okay. So we could results are going to be at some time tomorrow. We'll see who gets where that's a little bit inside baseball, but you've got some nasty competition for, uh, for within the primary for who's going to go where. And, and by the way, although BB will end up number one, this fight with Sar, how high Sar ends up at the end of the day will be a litmus test to how much power BB has within the party. In other words, the lower he is, the more BB's opinion matters to Likud voters. The higher Sar is, the weaker uh, BB has become in, in, you know, as an influencer within Likud circle. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I guess so. So, although the outcome isn't going to have any uh, real tangible results per se, uh, it is a bellwether for where BB is as he awaits for these indictments for his corruption to come in where he is uh, in the in the process. By the way, the ads that have gone up around the country uh, are 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 not you know we're saying that you don't vote for we don't vote for individuals we vote for parties but the ads going up in the country of bb netanyahu shaking hands with donald trump with the big slogan another league Likud, another league bb is another league the advertising pushes about bb right right and on the other side too in other words the whole our number two runner here really uh gantz it's really about him as a personality because we don't know very much what he really believes in or thinks as a politician. He's never been in the Knesset and he, he's just ended his, you know, freeze off from the army. So we don't really know what he thinks. And so people really just voting for him. So yeah. It's funny. You, you have these major central parties who are running not as parties, but as the persona of the leader of the party. 
Right. And if you read a lot of the like, uh, you know, Israeli critiques, you know, of what's going on, and that's exactly what they say is that it's, it's really turned into, you know, the personality of the head of the party as opposed to the party itself or, or you know, at when, when you vote for Bibi, but you, don't, you may not like number 10 on the list, but it's not even an issue. Nobody even talks about it or even like necessarily policies. Doesn't that depend on the party though? What? Doesn't that depend on the party? The larger, more influential party, that's an issue. They're running on the personality of the number one. But other parties are still running as parties to a large extent. Right, but as a voter, it's still very frustrating because you may not want someone on one of the lists, but then you don't have a choice. Like if you want to vote for the either the leader or for the party, but there's somehow like this dissonance between the two sometimes. And there's nothing to do. That's the choice. No, but you also, Yesha Teed certainly was built around Yair Lapid's uh, persona, this new party, Hossein. Uh, Yair Lapid's party was definitely built around his personality. I agree with you. But the, the personality that he brought to it was also there was this very specific kind of flavor that he was trying to inject into Israeli politics. Um, which So I felt like that his party isn't just about the charisma of the leader, but there's like an overall feeling that he's trying to bring as well. With all, if you look at his list, his list reflects that. That's what charisma like, is. Huh? Yeah. That's what charisma is. In other words, Gantz is running to bring an overall feeling of a moderate person who wants to go back to the good old days where Israelis got along. He's trying to bring an overall feeling. That's what a persona is that you're running on. No, but what I'm saying is the the party list of Yeshatid, for example, the it reflect, reflects Yair Lapid's persona. Right. Uh, no, not really, but it, it reflects the diversity that he's trying to in, introduce into his party. That's, That's not the, the same thing. Okay, we can we can sit and have a twenty minute argument about what is a persona, but I, I think rather what it's trying to do is to be a catch-all in the sense that. Some people are religious, some people are not religious, some people are right-wing, some people are left-wing, some people are disabled, some people are women, some people are men, whatever it may be. And he was trying to bring everyone in together behind a certain uh, feeling of everyone has something to contribute to the state. Well, if when you, you look at the Benny name... Gantz, if you ask me what Benny Gantz's feeling that he's trying to bring in is, his feeling is, I'm not Bibi Netanyahu. I'm no. security, I, I'm not going to get into the political garbage of divisiveness. Because uh, I'm not Bibi Netanyahu. Well, you can say that over and over again, but it doesn't mean that Gantz has a no personality. It doesn't mean that Gantz's only appeal and his persona is only not Bibi Netanyahu, because you say it over and over again. He, he, is, he is running as a persona, similar to the way Bibi is, and he's trying to make those two personas the same. You know, Yeshati, the name of the party on their slogan, Says, as run by Yair Lapid. It's on the, it's on the you know, you, you don't see the name Yeshatid without the name Yair Lapid. So there's no question that they're also doing this. You know, I don't know that Shas is doing it. I don't know that. Uh, Kulana definitely did it. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, but I don't know that Labor's doing it. Shas, Shas was run all on, you know, Ravavaja. You know, Back in the day, but they're not doing that anymore. You know, uh, their numbers. Certainly, certainly, Bayat Yehudi, Jewish Home, isn't really doing that anymore. Well, not by, yeah, because, well, I don't know, they just put in uh, Rafi Peretz. 
They just got a new leader, though. So we don't. Uh, of course, you have to have a leader, but they're not running as the party is the leader. As opposed no, but I'm saying we don't know yet because he just came in a few days ago. So, so Bayou definitely did it with Bennett and Chaquette. That was kind of that's you know, what Bayou doing it again. That is, they are an example of that phenomenon. Yeah, I don't and know if Bayou is running as the charismatic persona of uh, Victor Lieberman. Mm -hmm. I think they're running as Lieberman's looking out. It's a, in other words, it's it, it's it's easy to say that Israel has changed, but I do think it's more complex than that. It's not just running as like, it's not as simple as, well, now it's all just personalities running. It's more complicated. Different versions of persona, and some it's about still about party. I don't know That's that you both say it's about persona. Or man. No. no, but BTJ is definitely, uh, you know, it's a, it's a niche. Right. 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 Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. There's. Uh, well, by the way, what do you guys think of that ad of BB? First of all, Photoshop to be as tall as Trump, shaking Trump's hand, and the slogan is the Napoleon I complex. I th I think he was wearing lifts. No, it's <laughs> Photoshop because his arm is abnormally long. <laughs> they had to stretch his torso to make it reach. Uh, any thoughts on that ad? Um, I think. I mean, it, it shows that Israelis love Donald Trump. I do think it resonates with Israelis. Yeah, it's a strange. And with Netanyahu's base, I think for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's why he did it because it resonates with his base. But uh, I would say that, that particular brand of right of Likud supporter, they love Donald Trump. So. By making out that they're best buddies, it serves to strengthen BB very much. I think it's also meant to say, can you picture, you know, Sippy Livni in that picture, shaking hands with Trump being buddies? Can you picture uh, uh, Gabay from Labour shaking hands with Trump and being as comfortable as Netanyahu looks? It's sort of a sense, and I think the slogan another league is, BB's a real world-class leader and you can't picture anybody else in and right. it's, it's an advantage that any incumbent has. You can always picture the incumbent doing their job. You can't picture the newcomer as well until they do it, and then they're the ones in the picture, and it, it, it changes. Uh, what do you think about this idea of the center parties joining together and running as a block, meaning Hosin Israel, Israel Resilient, the Gantz Party, which is central without any real discernible platform, which seems to have a very similar, Yeshati does have a very articulated platform, seems to be the same. If they run together, the way polling looks now, assuming that polling remain, is correct and remains consistent, that would get them to 31 seats. As things stand now, Likud is holding it somewhere around 30 seats and nobody's close. The only one close is Gantz's new party. And you can talk about the chutzpah of Gantz not articulating much and just running as his persona, but it's working. It's certainly working. It's working. Uh, it, it, again, now, of course, it's working now. So I, it, the, those polls, you know, they're all talking, oh, after a week, it's holding. Well, we'll see, you know. Well, uh, see after three weeks or four weeks or before the day before the election or whatever. Yeah. You could make the argument that the Hillary Clinton campaign in 2016 ran on a let the other guy mess up. I'm just going to stay super duper safe and not put much out there 
because that way I'll avoid any huge debacles and that will just cruise me into the win. Uh, you right. well, when you're running against Donald Trump, there's a good chance that that might be successful. As it turned out, it wasn't, but... <laughs> they could argue that Gantz is playing a similar playbook. In other words, the less I say, the less trouble I can get into, and that'll just cruise me into a high-scoring uh, amount of seats. Uh, it may, and, and, and again, it may not work. But if you look at the math now, if he takes his, he's pulling it around 20, 22 seats, put that together with Yeshatiz pulling at 9, 10 seats, uh, maybe Kulanu's, five seats, depending on how Kulanu shakes out. But in theory, if they ran together, which is something Israel happens in Israeli politics. I mean, Likud itself is a merged, originally was a merged group of a few different right-wing parties. And they also uh, the merged Israel the a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, so if they run, that would challenge Likud. And that, that in theory would mean that you could, you could have another block get offered the government to be able to form a government. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think just before we came on air, we were, um, we were trying to do the math to see how easily that would be achieved. Uh, and based on the current polling, we decided that would be very, very challenging. Um, something would have to shift dramatically in the way that the polling turns out or the actual elections turn out in order for there to be that kind of Center, center, or sort of. Uh, I mean, with all. I mean, I would say. I would say. Uh, I would say it this way, with all of the um, shifting around and talking in the new party, the it, the, the uh, political map hasn't actually really changed, right? <laughs> um, from the previous two governments, um, in, in a sense. So it, it the seems, proportion of votes seems to be pretty consistent. And it leans heavily right. Exactly. Correct. What um, I would say is I think... So the therefore, you can, you, can there, you can therefore, it's according to the polling now, you can therefore make a, a, a for more or less right government like the last government or potentially a right center government like the previous one. So there's um, two steps. Hold on. So there's two steps. How many seats you can get in the election, which would, which would give you, then the president might offer you to form a coalition. So if you have over 30, you could get the offer. But you need over, if you, if you win over 30 seats in the Knesset, the president may offer you to form a government. For that to work, you'd need to get over 60 seats in a coalition, right? Correct. So if the centrists got together, center, center left got together and made a, and got over 30 seats, they would still have to get enough parties to form a wow. government. They, yeah, I don't understand why you're saying you have to get over 30, you have to get 30 seats to be able to. Well, if you want that, in the election, Likud will probably get 30 seats. And right. so President Rivlin will probably offer them, you guys can now try to form a government. Right, but we, we know that, I mean, we know that that's. That's step that, one. That, that, no, but the step one is the, also that secondary, in turn, I don't, hopefully not confusing people too much, but step one is really, getting a lot of seats, but really step one is who can form the government because a couple elections ago when, when Likud actually did not get the top one, they were asked to form the government because the, the, still the, the center left block was not able to form a government. Well, Sippy Livni was offered, Sippy Livni uh, had the largest block with, uh, yeah. then it was uh, Kadima. Largest, 
largest seats with 30, I think it was, or something, or 20. And she tried and could not form a government, and then it went to uh, the president turned and offered it to uh, Likud. Right? That's um, what I'm calling. I, I, yeah, I'm not so sure she tried. Uh, I don't know. Again, is this she like did. weird stuff? There's like this weird step where they both kind of work and then the president finds There was a medium stage where she had to try to form a coalition, but she had to, right. she, she refused to do it with religious parties. It wasn't right. very long, but she was right. given a shot at it and she couldn't do it and handed it back and then it went to Likud. Now it doesn't have to. The president could have directly ordered it to, offered it to Likud. He could have, but that usually doesn't work that way. And my point is simply, that in, in, in saying to make it, I think it makes, I'm, I'm trying to make it easier for listeners to understand that if you think of winning the election with the biggest number of seats is only a step one, you have to then be able to form a coalition of over 60 seats to Correct. get control of the government. Right, but if, while, if you're relying on other parties less, then that gets easier, right? So if you get 50 seats, now you're only looking for another 11 to, to join you, as opposed to if yeah, you get 30. Yeah, happen. No, no, of course it's not, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain the theory behind it. But if you get 30, you're still looking for a whole other 31 other seats from other parties, and you need to basically appease more and more people to make that coalition work. Right. The number to beat in reality now is going to be somewhere 30 or a little bit more than 30. In the election, you'll get 30, 30-something 30 seats. And so you're going to have to get more than 30 seats from other parties joining you to create a government. Basically, if you take a look at the at the parties that could get to over sixty, and you take parties that are that have a right wing orientation, it's not hard to get to sixty. What parties are we talking about? Talking about Likud. We're talking about Kulanu. We're talking about Jewish Home. We're talking about Shas. We're talking about Yisobetenu. We're talking about the UTJ, which is the Ashkenazi ultra orthodox. We're talking about Jose, uh, sorry, New Right, the New Right. Those are parties with a right-wing orientation, and it clears the 60 comfortably. Yeah. What about center? Center, if we're talking about center, then we'll, we talk about Yesh Atid. Again, you could put Kulanu in there, um, and, uh, and Hosin uh, Yisrael. I think we think we're talking strict center. Maybe you want to throw labor in there. I don't know. So it's, and now it's center left. Yeah. Right. If, if you have Kulano and labor together, it really is center because you have a balance center right, center left. Right. Right. So let's so say that. the 60. Where are we, where are we putting Gesha? We're putting Gesha still. Well, I don't know, but it's one seat. So it's, uh, they're pulling it for. No. We still. You still. You still. It's not even sure they'll get seated in the Knesset. You still don't break. You know, still don't break fifty. You don't break fifty, right? Gesher are pulling four seats at the moment. They okay, so it's fifty-four. You, you're nowhere close to sixty, and four yeah. seats may not get them across the threshold to be in the government. Right. I'm going to throw out something that historically has never happened, as far as I no, know. Let's something just conclude this point. Hold on, let's just conclude this point. There are enough right-wing seats projected to be in the government that they can easily, in, in the Knesset, that they can easily form a government. There are simply not enough, if the poll projections are accurate and, and remain consistent, there are simply not enough central seats to hold a government in the next Knesset.
Right. That's the way the math looks now, assuming that the polls are accurate and will remain consistent. Is that is that what we're saying? Yeah, I think, and I would say, I personally, we don't have to be a we, I could say, I, I would personally go even a little bit further to say that um, what, what we're saying is the political map has just not really changed in the last decade. And that's why Mitsuyama still remains to be the, 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 the main, main guy. You know, and the, previous two Knesset, the previous two Knessets, the previous one was a center-right government, the most yeah. two, two governments ago. The past government that's dissolving now is a right-right government, not center. Right. And those are the two possibilities. I think so. I, I, I that's think what it, the math seems to be saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Matt. What did you want to say? Well, no, I was, I'm just looking at these lists again of what's coming in. Now, I know it's, it's never happened before, and, and ideologically, uh, the Arab parties uh, don't sit in the government. So we're not, um, we haven't even discussed if there'll be some crazy revolution that would change that, or there'd be some crazy change in policy that would, would affect that. Let's assume that. that the 10, 12 Arab seats are not going to be in the government. Okay, which is, which is in a way makes this conversation much easier. Um, no, you don't have to assume they've never, they, and no Arab party ideologically will not sit in the government. They never I know, have. but what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is if, some, if there's some major shift that at some point, because I mean, to, uh, to my mind, it's always crazy. I understand why they don't, but it's also on the other hand, cutting your nose off to spite your face, right? You could have so much more influence from inside the government than from outside the government. So if you're trying to influence things, then sit in the government. Yeah. And they bring with them a significant block. If we take the two Arab groups, which are now currently running, and the way they're polling, they're polling at something like 12 seats. We've just seen that if there's a center left that can only get to 50 seats, if you throw in those Arab seats suddenly, you've now gone over your 60, your 60 mark. I now I know politically, in, a polit in, in an era where the political electorate leans right, you want to hold a yeah. government that's center left with Arabs, it won't stand. There's just no way the Israeli... Okay, I'm just throwing it out there. We said we'd have a conversation to update where things are going. I'm just throwing out the idea. Yeah, it's not going there. Oh. I'll bet, I'll bet, I agree with you it's not going there, but I think yeah. it's a theoretical conversation because we're, bas we're basing our conversation on math. So the math works if you say, okay, let's add this in. Mm -hmm. Purely mathematically. I'm not saying whatever, either policy-wise or ideologically-wise. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, you know, if, if they... Even if they really do really center left, I mean, if you want to talk theoretically, and they go hard left, and they pull in merits, still doesn't get them there. Right. The only thing that would get them there would be our party. By the way, you'd have to... You'd in have to theory, if they could get... I, if you want to talk about theory, that isn't going to happen. In theory, the, the ultra-Orthodox parties in the past have gone with the left, if it was to an advantage. Correct. But they're not going to do that now. Plus, no. you also then you have to pull out Kulanu. You have to pull out. You probably would have to pull out um, like Boogie alone in the in that new in that new party that came out and whoever many seats oh, yeah. bringing. Yeah, if you okay. pull in the Arabs, I'm just yeah. I was just checking it out there. No, I'm just saying, even with the Arab, even putting in the Arabs there, you won't get to, to 60. Right, okay. If you add that block on top, then you're going to lose the blocks on the bottom and the whole thing's going to collapse. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we are now calling so, it, gentlemen. There will not be a center. 
central right. government in the next so month. so are we basically saying that the government stopped working a couple of months ago they they disbanded just to rebuild the same basic government again not necessarily it could be it could, this is a hard right government it was based purely on right-wing parties in theory the next government could come center-right those are the two possibilities it's right or center-right and also to, that's not a bad thing i mean you have in democracies you have elect i mean it's just it was only a few months early it's less than a year early i mean mm -hmm. you, the way it would have had to go elections in the, in the, in the fall so to have them right. in spring it's not such a you know, six months early is not like saying, oh, they're, it's a waste. They were just doing the same government after two years. I mean, it basically went. So, you know. So basically, this episode is a spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. Unless something dramatic happens. Because remember, polls are notoriously unreliable. So. Yeah. Yeah. Although, the only time, how many times have the polls really failed in Israel to, to accurately predict the outcome? Not so often. I don't think in 77 people saw uh, Begin winning. And well, Likud came out of the last election stronger than people thought. Yeah, in the last election, there was a whole thing about Likud. They were, remember, they thought that there was a yeah. big... They were dropping to the low 20s, and suddenly they got much more. But it's, but it's also hard to know how much the media, I don't know, is just playing to, you know, because the media needs people to watch and be interested, and that's what they write about and talk about. Right. But, um, right. I, I don't know. I think uh, it's not just a, it's not just a matter of the polls here, really. It's a matter of the political map that's been fairly consistent in this country for a decade now. Right. But the question is, is, is are the polls reading the political map correctly? You're saying there's also it's just inertia at this point. The political po party numbers are shifting, but the but the political opinions are remaining consistent. And parties are just shuffling around to take the piece of the same. They're all they're they're slicing the same pie differently, but it's the same pie. Right. I, mean, I think so. Questions of left, right, and center in the electorate yeah. hasn't changed, and parties are just shuffling for who's going to get those pieces. It seems that way, which means that it seems that even with a, even with an indictment of Netanyahu or other, like, I'm not sure what you know. Obviously, unknown things are unknown, so we don't know what could affect it, but. You know what major things can make people shift at this point? Like I, I don't think people are voting. I think people are voting on like pretty much where they've been politically on policies for the last decade. Yep. As much as we talk about personalities, like you know, on the big policies, is not has not been huge movement in this country. So the big fighters of who the big fight of who's going to lead the center kind of doesn't matter because the center is not going to be in control. Right, it seems that way. I mean, it just seems it, it's it's a crazy situation because you could try and get a strong central bloc, and they still may not have enough friends just outside of their of their zone on the spectrum. Correct. And it doesn't make it doesn't make any difference, and then their central bloc is now useless. Yeah. Well, from a government, the thing that they can do is well, what they can do is, and this is this is the play of a coalition is that they can join the government and have more of an effect, and then it, it will. Right. It was a big difference. In other words, two governments ago, there was real effort to change the way Haredi fit into Israeli society. That was two governments ago when it was a center-right government bloc. But Bibi then formed the next government by taking in the Haredi parties and not including the central parties. And so the Haredim reasserted the status quo of Haredim in Israel. 
a huge change. Yeah. By the way, that that and that happens, right? Where you have the center block. Let's say BB and the center block. You know, so let's say BB gets thirty three. I'm just throwing it right, and the center block gets thirty two. That mm -hmm. you know, there you go. They have a government, and they decide to join together. They could make you know big 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 changes. You know, we have the draft bill. That's a constant fight, and there's the yeah. I know, settlement settlement issues and. Or you know, with the palace, all that kind of stuff could very well be uh, really have a change in focus. Mm -hmm. No, the differences are consequential, but they're not revolutionary. Correct. Mm, right. I guess. Um, guys, as this is the right. teachers' lounge, I have to duck out to the teachers' lounge to go and teach now. So uh, I will. But I will wish our listeners a good afternoon, and this, and wish you guys a good afternoon, and. Uh, you will hear more well, from us discussing the uh, electoral campaign soon. Be listening in the afternoon, so. <laughs> safe, Whenever safe you're travel, listening, safe goodbye, travel. listeners. Thank uh, you. But, Thank you. Bye, Matt. Alan, thoughts on Likud TV? I well, it's on Facebook, so I haven't looked at it because you know. Uh, yeah, you're boycotting. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on Likud TV? Uh, I mean, if you think about, uh, it sounds silly to say, but can you imagine? Uh, could you imagine the Tory party television channel or could you imagine in America, the, the Republican TV channel? Now you could well, argue that. Isn't that, Republican, isn't this kind of the Trumpian, the Trumpian Twitter thing? Isn't that what this is kind of like? Uh, I mean, BB's been doing this for before Trump. He, he started direct Facebook messages as, as did W.R. Lapid and Bennett and all those guys have. Yeah. There's a difference between communicating directly to the electorate and setting up your own party TV channel. Oh, it's so classic for Israel, though. I mean, Israel, the, how did the papers always existed in Israel were party papers? We make this big party. thing about Yisrael Yom, but Mari, you know, the, all the papers back in the day, Hadavar was part of, was the, was the, you know. Well, there's a difference between papers that reflect a political ideology, news, news agencies. In other words, there's a difference between, you could say, well, in America, Fox News is basically the Republican Party's TV station and MSNBC is basically the Democrat Party's television station. Well, the fact that they're not officially affiliated with those parties, whatever, I don't want to get into an argument about how much they are or aren't, but the fact that they have that separation has a value in a democracy. No, I think back in the day they weren't in Israel. I think that that's a newer thing in Israel. I think back in the day in Israel they were, they were, they were party, basically party pet platforms. Right, but don't you think the major daily papers? I think I have to look into more. And and don't you think that was look? There's no question that in the olden days, Mapaya Mapam ran the yeah. party of the state type of government. We've yeah. moved away from that. I think that's better. I think I it's just classic, really. <laughs> just like such an Israeli thing to do. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's because you're saying that as a as a history buff. <laughs> you're saying, oh, that's so old school. That's so Ben Gurion. Hey, I'm not just a buff man. I'm a teacher. I know, but that's the part of Ben Gurion that's a little bit creepy. And bringing it back and everybody sort of shrugging is to me scary. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the idea of a political party having its own TV station. You should have to listen. You know, that's because you're a democratic idealist. Yes, I am. Purist. Uh, you know, the, I'm sorry, purist purist 
Uh, yeah, I think I think you can have your own YouTube channel. You can have your own Facebook where you put out your political messaging. But the idea of a TV channel, even though it's not literally a TV channel, but it was it between YouTube and and Facebook. Isn't that just the platform? They just put a Likud YouTube to post, channel to to post party argument videos like political ads, even if they're five minutes or an hour, is different than we join your broadcast menu as one of the voices. It's 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 a it's it's the, by presenting themselves as we're not going to do fake news. That's the best. We're taking the fake out of news is their slogan. Yeah. What they're really doing is taking the news out of fake, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. I mean, again, I haven't seen it, but I just assume. It doesn't matter. You're not news. You're, a, you're propaganda. So do your propaganda. Every political party has to be able to express themselves. But, but by presenting yourself as an accurate news, I find uh, that deeply troubling. Right, so you're saying we have, no, we have no we we have no problem with with you're saying I have no problem with propaganda as propaganda. So do yeah. propaganda, label it accurately. I make sure that everybody understands it's propaganda. But I don't like what you when you're putting out propaganda as as if it's actual news. In theory, Fox News and MSNBC are journalists are 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 supposed to be doing their job right they're supposed to be filtering the information that the politicians tell them to the citizen helping them interpret it now yeah. you can say they're doing a good job or a bad job and that's that's a decision you know right ultimately you have to make but at least there is there is a a buffer between right. the politician and the people here it's just the politicians say well you don't need journalism anymore We'll just tell you the truth. Listen to me. In mm. fact, the journalists are liars. Don't well, yeah, it's more than right. Exactly. It's, it's that the, new, the journalists are liars. It's the news. You're not getting real news. I'm going to give you the real news. And the only way to know the truth is by listening to the party. Right. I, I find that shifty and scary. <laughs> I'm not that old school. Or maybe I'm older school. <laughs> than uh than ben-gurion i'm coming from ben-gurion's coming from a different uh well you're you're coming from like this purest model of that they push in america which i'm never sure really existed did it exist in america yeah uh, nothing exists in purity but uh but the the norms and standards of the american democracy ha have worked and and have been real all right well I, I don't know. I find it terrifying, and I find everybody shrugging about it terrifying. <laughs> but uh, what can I tell you? What do you we think of the latest? We all, we all have our fears. That keep us up, we all have our fears that keep us up at night. That's right. And what do you think of the Labor Party commercials? Of don't worry, even though parties like Lapid and and Yeshatid might sit in a Netanyahu government, we promise we will never be in the government. We promise if you vote for us, we'll stay in the opposition. I know. Well, it's clear they will because who knows if they're even going to get into the gov government. So you can make a promise like that if you don't know. Isn't that weird that the party that ran, like you're saying, ran the country, ran the media, is now running on, if you vote for us and help us cross the threshold, we promise we'll sit in the opposition. I mean, the Labour Party is just a study in how they've I, I, they managed to destroy themselves in one in one round because of dinosaurism 
you know, like if you ask me. I mean, they had they they did a great job in the last election, and since they didn't yeah. like, they only came in second place. They just shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, uh, well, I don't really. That's an interesting political science uh, book Sorry. to be written on the history of the Labour Party. All right, well, let's wrap up. We have we have put our prediction on the board that the next government will look like one of the past two governments. That's I think that's putting ourselves out there, and yeah. uh, time will tell. Yeah, okay. it's kind of like predicting that the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. It's all. It's not so different. <laughs> That's boring. All right. Exactly. Well, thanks, dude. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this is the part where I remind you that we are the Ju Israel Teachers Lounge podcast, and it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.